Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. I thought about this verse and these verses that I'm going to read, and I thought about our life. And um, life is certain, but life is so uncertain. Um, we don't know what the next day is going to hold. We don't know what the next phone call is going to hold. Um, we don't know what we're going to be faced with. We may have walked in church and everything was all right. And we may get out of church and check our phones and everything not be all right. But one thing that is for certain today is that um, God has still got everything under control. There'll be times in our life where we don't understand what God is doing. John chapter number 11 is one of those incidents where uh, Mary and Martha and even those that was around them did not understand why Jesus was doing what Jesus was doing. I want to read some verses to you this morning. If you will, let's stand and uh, I, I want to read a few verses to you, and uh, I, I really need to read 44 verses. I need to read the first 44 verses, but I'm not going to do that for the sake of time this morning. Look in verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, um, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but that the glory, or but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And I want to say this in passing and reading that verse. Last night when I read that verse again, it overwhelmed me. You say, why does what is unusual about verse number 5? If you know Martha, why did Jesus not say that he loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus? But that's not what he said. He didn't mention Mary by name. He mentions Martha. Now you're going to understand that more by the end of the message. Look what the Bible said in verse number 6. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that he saith unto his disciples, let's go into Judea again. I want you to skip down with me to verse number 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now, Father, you know the need of the service today. God, I pray, Lord, that as I try to deliver your word this morning, God, that you would help me, God, to preach with clarity of thought. Help me, Lord, to preach with clarity of speech. God, may people be, under, be able to understand what I'm saying. But God, more than anything, may He, the Holy Spirit, help us, God. And Lord, may the words uttered from my mouth this morning not just go into the ears of people, but God, may You put it in their heart this morning. God, I don't know the need of every person sitting here, but You do. 
Father, you know the storms that's here. You know the valleys that's here. You know the heartaches that's here. And God, I pray, Lord, today that comfort would be found from thy word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. We have been studying the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ now for several weeks here at our church. We, this will be the third message that I have preached uh, on Jesus raising someone from the dead. When you study your Bible, you'll find out that there's three different times that Jesus raises someone from the dead. We know that he raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. We know that he raises a widow's son from the dead. And then here in John 11, we find that in verse number 44 that he has risen or he has raised Lazarus from the, not Lazarus, but yes, Lazarus from the dead. And whenever you began to think about this and you began to study these three different instances that Jesus raises somebody from the dead, it's very interesting. One of them is on his way to the cemetery, the widow's son. One of them, Jairus' daughter, is still in her bed where she has just died. And then Lazarus, we find him, he's already in the grave. And when Jesus gets there, he's been there four days. And according to Martha, he's already starting to stink. Now, I want to say this to you today. It's very interesting to contrast those three different things right there and to see the difference. One had just died. One had been dead a little while. And the other one had been dead four days. But Jesus still brought all three of them back to life. Can I say something? something to you today. It don't matter where you're at in your life. Uh, I sure am glad that there's a God that knows your need and a God that can help you. I began to read this story and man this week I don't know how many times uh, that I have read through these first 44 verses of John 11. Matter of fact even since I got up this morning I don't say this bragging I'm just being honest even since I got up this morning uh, over and over I have read these first 44 verses can I show you a couple things today? I'll not get through it this morning, but can I show you a couple things today about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead? Number one, I see a sickness this morning. I see a sickness. What did your Bible say? Your Bible said this in verse number two. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. I see a sickness that is here in this text this morning. I began to think about sickness and here's exactly what I thought about. We're living in a sick society. Now I'm not talking about mentally, I'm talking about truthfully, physically, there is a sick society today. I thought about the coronavirus and, and, and I know you may not even want to hear those words but the truth of the matter is this it's here and it's always going to be here we're just going to have to learn how to live our lives around it there's going to be times that it goes up the spike in it and we're going to have to adjust to that there's going to be times when it's not as bad we're just going to have to learn to live with that that's just the conclusion. I, well, it's already got dead. Uh, but that's just the conclusion that I've came to. I can sit around and, Brother Brian, worry myself crazy over it or I can take it as it comes. And, Brother Matt, we as the leaders of the church just try to adjust to it as it comes. But there is a sickness. And I began to think about it. I began to think about I began to think about Alzheimer's. 
And you know, to me, Alzheimer's is one of the worst diseases that there is because they forget Leslie's grandfather. Both of her grandfathers actually died with that. And one of them lived a, a very extensive amount of time after he was diagnosed with it. His health was fine, but man, his mind was completely gone. He didn't know none of us. And I thought about how sad that is. I began to think about the C word. None of us likes to hear cancer today. But you know what? It's here today. And when we think, you say, preacher, I didn't come to get beat down about sickness. Stay with me. Let's think about it this morning. We're living in a sick society. And when I began to think about Lazarus, he was sick. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if he had a stroke. I don't know if he had the Rona. I, 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 I don't know if he had Alzheimer's. I don't know if he had a massive heart. I don't know. I just know he was sick. And it was a massive sickness because he was sick unto death. And here's what I began to think about. Why? Boy, that's a big word, isn't it? Why was Lazarus sick? Why? Why do we face sickness? Now, you know what exactly came to my mind? This is so deep, okay? You're going to have to get a Hebrew and Greek lexicon to get all this because of sin. If we was to take time this morning and take our Bibles and go back to Genesis chapter number 1 and we began to walk through creation and, and man, yesterday, Brother Donathan preached a house down at our youth bash yesterday or last night. It was awesome. But he got on that in Genesis chapter number 1 over there about verse 15, 16, 17 right in there where it says, and he made the stars also. He made the stars also. He was talking about how big God is and how great God is. And when we think about the stars, okay, I've done something I preach against. I got my phone out and looked up while he was preaching how many stars there are in our galaxy. And here's what I found out. There's between 100 and 400 billion. Now you want to talk about a big gap. 100 to 400 billion. That's a 300 billion gap. You know what they should have put? I don't know. That's really why. You know, if I could edit Google, I would put, in low gap we say, don't know. But God made the stars. When you think about the greatness of God in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, He makes mankind. Matter of fact, mankind, and you've heard me say this before, but mankind is the only thing that He made up close. Everything else God made from a distance. But He breathed into man the breath of life. To breathe on somebody, you got to be real close. The first CPR ever recorded in the history is right there. He done mouth-to-mouth CPR. He breathed into them the breath of life. God had to have man, everything else. He created from a distance. But when it come to you and me, God had a desire for us to be close to Him and he breathed into man the breath of life. And after that, he put him in a garden that was perfect. But you know what happened? There was a serpent that came along and beguiled Eve. And sin, whereby one man sin entered into the world, the book of Romans tells us. And so now what? 
death is passed upon all men. Why? Because of sin. I, I, I hope nobody gets offended in what I'm fixing to say, but I'm just going to level with you this morning. Our country has went away from God in the past several years. We have decided in our country to call what's wrong right and what's right wrong. And you know what the end result of sin is? It's death. That's what it is. Why is there sickness today in our country? Because of sin. Now, hear me and hear me well. If I go home today and I come down with a flu, it don't necessarily mean that I'm living in sin. Are you hearing me? But the result of sin is sickness. There is a sickness today. I thought about this. There was not only a sickness, but there was a sending. There was a sending. Note with me again in your Bible, verse number 3. Therefore, his sisters sent unto him. Unto who? We'll look at the next few words. Saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. There was a sending. They realized that because of the sickness, because of the condition of their brother, somebody had to go get Jesus. Somebody had to get a hold of Jesus. Somebody had to get Jesus. Can I say something to you today? When we look at the condition of our country, Brother Jim and I was talking as I walked by him a while ago, and he said, Preacher, we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for Afghanistan. When we look at the condition of our world today, can I say this? Somebody needs to go get Jesus. There was ascending. They realized that there was a need. I, I, I thought about this. I thought about this. Now, Jarius left his daughter. Y'all remember the story of Jarius. Jarius left his daughter and went and got Jesus. Right here, Mary and Martha don't leave Lazarus. They send somebody after him. Why did they send somebody after Jesus? Here's the reason why. They had at that moment, at that moment, evidently, they had all confidence if Jesus got there that everything would be all right. How many times in our life have we been faced with a sickness? Or Let me back up and, 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 and rename my first point. Can I do that? Is that all right? Let me rename it storm this morning. How many times have we been faced with a storm in our life? And here's what we do. We'll pick up. Our phone, and that'll probably be the phone, the size of the iPhone 13. We'll pick up our phone. <laughs> what up, dog? I mean, when I'm gonna really give my age right now, I remember when you said a cassette player. <laughs> Are you with me? I went down to a burning <laughs> ring of fire. I went down, down. That was Jeff's. That was Jeff's. Era there. <laughs> Mine was, ain't nothing wrong with a pickup man. But anyway, <laughs> got my first truck when I was three. Some of y'all come back here. Y'all done singing country music this morning. Well, we pick up our phone and here's what we do. Preacher, can you do a call them all? Preacher, will you call somebody and tell them to pray today? At 2 o'clock, I'm going to meet with a bunch of people in the parking lot at a hospital to pray for their family. 
The Ferris family is very special to me and many of you know the story of Miss Crystal and Leslie and I leading her to the Lord. And you know what they've said? I've talked to her numerous times even today and Miss Leslie has, will you please pray? Why? Because storms come in our life and we sin for Jesus. We want Jesus to come. We want Jesus to help us. um, This week, there was something happening and I hope I never go through it again in my life. We was on an accident this week and, and one of our firemen got hit by a car and he's here this morning and I'm so thankful that God took care of him. But I'll never forget and I talked to Brother Lord a long time about this after that. Uh, I, I, as I got to him and I was on my knees trying to help him work with him and, and I was talking to him and I said, who's the best looking in the whole department? And he hesitated so I knew he wasn't thinking me but anyway, as I was talking to him in my spirit, I was crying out, oh God, we need you right now. God, please touch his body. Let me tell you why, because storms hit. And what do we do when storms hit? We sin for Jesus. We want him. There's nobody like him. There's no comforter like him. There's nobody that can calm us like him. We, that's what they did. They sent for Jesus. Watch this. Note your Bible this morning. The Bible said in verse number 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, you come back tonight and we'll see him glorified in verse number 44. And that's what ends up happening. Verse 5 says this, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, watch this, he abode two days still in the same place, where he was. I see a storm or a sickness. I see a sending. But then here's what I wrote down in the flyleaf of my Bible. And y'all know I usually have a lot of notes when I preach, and I, I don't this morning. Here's what I wrote down, Brother Jerry. Setback. I see a setback. I see a setback. I wonder if the messengers that... Mary and Martha sent away, comes running back and looks at Martha. We'll let you be Martha. Looks at Martha. We'll let her be Mary because she's sweet. Looks at Martha and Mary and goes, we told him, but he didn't follow us away. He was still sitting there when we left. A setback. How many times have we went to our Savior in the middle of a storm and said, God, I need you right now. And it seemed that God did not hear us. It seemed that we prayed and our prayers didn't get, they didn't even make it to the ceiling. They didn't make it past the roof of our mouth. We're sending for Jesus, but it seems that there is a setback. Can I just say something to you? I don't understand why things happen the way they happen sometimes. I've been pastoring 15 years and some of y'all, very few of y'all was here 15 years ago when I came. And and, and here's what I knew when I came 15 years ago. Are you ready for this? Here's what I knew. Everything. I was in my mid-twenties, and I had it all figured out. You didn't even have to ask me the question, baby. I I knew the answer before you even asked. I knew it all. Now, somebody help me. I knew everything. I've come to this conclusion. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. 
And there's a lot of times, Miss Rachel, and me and you have said on numerous things together and talked to families that you've heard me say this, I can't explain why what happened just happened. I don't know why. I don't know why we're putting your family member in a body bag and carrying them out of here. I've sat with numerous families in this room. Miss Andrew, that night I knocked on your door and said, I'm sorry, but they're taking your mom away and things don't look right. It don't look like it's going to be any good. And then we ended up a few days later having to say goodbye to her. Miss Tanya, the morning that, or the afternoon, the Sunday afternoon that I knocked on your door and said, I'm sorry, but your daddy is dead. And I can't explain why. I don't know why it has to be this way. We go to Jesus, we ask Jesus, and it seems that Jesus just stays stationary. And here we are. And we're walking through storms and we're walking through heartaches and we're like, hey Jesus, where are you at? I'm sure Mary and Martha, Jesus, where are you at? Watch, there's a setback. But then two days later, there is a stepping. You say, what was it? Note verse 7. And after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. You know what ends up happening? Jesus decides to start their way. And this morning you may be at a place in your life where it seems that you've cried out for help and he's nowhere around. I've got real good news. It might be in just a few minutes or it might be two days from now. But I promise you, He's not forgot where you're at. I promise you, He's not forgot what you're going through. I promise you, He knows exactly where you're at, exactly what you're facing. And I promise you this right here. Before long, there's going to be a stepping takes place from the throne room of God and He's coming to where you're at to meet your need in your time of crisis. There was a stepping. I thought about this. I wonder how many people has been in that major storm in their life and they just throwed in the towel, Brother D.C., and gave up on God. They just said, I, I, you know, God's not fair to me. God's not good to me. And we have to remember what Isaiah says. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He don't do things the way we do things. He don't act the way we act. He don't think the way we think, Brother Randy. But I do know this. Right on time, every time, He steps out right when we need Him. There was a stepping took place in their life. Come start playing softly, Miss Tanya, if you will. Now, I've got a lot more to this message. I've got four more points. I hope you'll come back tonight and we'll look at them. But the Lord just said right then, let somebody know that I've not forgot about them. Mary and Martha in their mind was probably thinking, Lord. You know what? Mary and Martha couldn't see him when he started. The question's been posed numerous times. Why did Jesus wait four days? I'll deal with this more tonight. Why did he wait four days? Here's the reason I personally think that he did is because when you study the custom of that day, they believed that they could possibly pray them back from the dead in three days after they was dead, the first three days. You know what Jesus did? Jesus waited till all human hope was gone. Till all human hope was gone. And Jesus showed up on the scene. 
You know what Jesus done? We see, and I'll say more about this tonight. We see his sorrow. What did Jesus do? Jesus wept in verse number 35. I've read after people that says that the reason Jesus was crying was because of the way that Martha acted towards him. And and I really want you to come back tonight and I'm going to go back to verse number 5 and explain what I'm saying is I can't believe he mentioned Martha's name. Martha got sassy with him when you study this out. The reason Jesus cried that day was because Lazarus was dead. You see, Jesus was human just like you and me. Jesus' heart was broken because his buddy was dead. Jesus knew he was going to raise him back and there was going to be a supernatural occasion take place. But at that moment, Brother Josh, his buddy was dead. That's the reason he's crying. I'll tell you what happens when we cry. According to the book of Hebrews, we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Tell you what happened? He cries with us, I believe. He cried with Mary and Martha. Martha comes running out. If you'd have been here, Lord, he'd have not died. That's the way Martha was, I believe. Mary comes out, Lord, if you'd have been here. They said the exact same thing when you studied each other. He'd have not died. You know what Jesus did? I just can't help but to wonder if he didn't put his arm around one of them, put his arm around the other one. Say, take me to the place you've laid him. They did. They walked out there. You know what Jesus done? He cried with them. He wept with them. You see, he hurts when you hurt. When I hurt, he hurts. You say, preacher, is he anywhere around this morning? You know what? Today may be the day that he starts stepping in your direction. He knows where you're at. I... I've given this illustration, and I don't know why the Lord is going to make me give it in closing, but I'm going to. I, I'll never forget in October of last year, my dad has always been healthy, and like I said a while ago, he's always wide open and into something, and, and October's always a fun time because he's getting ready for deer season. He loves to hunt. And, and, and Brother Jeff, he'll, he'll just go on these sprees where he thinks that the freezer needs to be full and, and, and when they walk out there, it's over. And, and it's always a fun time because he's talking about that and he's getting ready for that. Fall revivals are in full swing and usually he and I both are preaching places. And last year in October, of course everything, all meetings had kindly canceled and the peak of Corona was hitting us and everybody knows him and mama came down with it. We had several in our church came down with it at the same time. My wife and I and the girls all had it. And I remember daddy being sick, mama being sick. And I told daddy, I said, daddy, you need to go to the hospital. Daddy, you need to go to the hospital. I ain't going to no hospital. I ain't going to no hospital. I said, daddy, you need to go to the hospital. Well, you need to go to the hospital too. I said, Daddy, I'm younger. You've you got a compromised immune system. You stick that needle in your leg, and it kills your immune system every two weeks. You need to go to the hospital. I said, Daddy, I'm all right. I'm all right, too. And he gets even more cranky when he's sick and can't come out of the house. Finally, finally, we got him talked into going to the hospital. He went to the hospital, and many of you know, he ended up staying eight days, and on a, the, on a Monday that first Monday he was there. 
his numbers started changing and, and man, we got really worried. And I was getting over it. It was about two and a half weeks since I had first had any symptoms. And there's a place that, there's a place up on the mountain where I go pray sometimes. I'm not a spiritual person. I'm just giving you my heart this morning. I'm not a great prayer warrior. I'm not a great Bible theologian. I want to know more about the Bible. I want to pray more, Brother Josh. But that morning, I'd been in the house, and y'all know me. I'm the same way. If I got to sit in the house for two weeks, it's a wonder there's even any sheetrock left on the wall. That morning, I told Leslie, I said, I'm going up on the mountain. Well, I don't know if you need to go up there by yourself or not. I said, I'm going, okay? I'm going. Here's where I'm going. You know how to get there. I'll be between this spot and this spot, okay? I, I got to get out of here. That time, Brother Randy was in the hospital. Miss Dawn was in the hospital. Brother Wade was in the hospital. Mama had been in and out of the hospital. Daddy was in the hospital. And it seemed that I hadn't heard from the Lord in a few weeks. I'd try to read my Bible, Brother Robert, but it just seemed that there's nothing there. I'd try to pray, Miss Mandy, and it just seemed that I couldn't pray. People would say, I'm praying for you, and I thought, well, I appreciate it, but I want to pray. But it seemed it wouldn't go nowhere, Brother Tim. And I told Leslie, I said, I'm going to the mountain. And I was so angry at God. So mad at God. I said, God, my daddy has preached for years. My daddy's give his life to the ministry. My daddy's helping churches all over this country. And you're going to let my daddy lay over there in a hospital and die. And he loves you and he's give his life for you. And I'm just going to be real with you, okay? Okay, you can write me off, vote me out, whatever. And I said, but there's a bunch of dope heads laying on the street that no matter what they do, they can continue to live. And my daddy's in the shape that he's in. I was angry. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I'll never forget, I got almost to that place up off of Parkway in Allegheny County. And my phone rung. It was one little place through there where you got good service. And it was the lady from the hospital, Miss Patty. And she told me, she said, you may need to come to the hospital. I done a call them all sitting there. I called two or three of my preacher friends and asked them to do call them alls. And I started back down that mountain. I said, Lord, why are you not hearing me? Lord, why is this happening to my family? My family's above nobody else's, but sometimes we want to think they are because we try to live a right life, because we try to help our community. Somebody give me an amen and help me. Because we try to live right, we try to help our community. So we think our family, we shouldn't go through some of that. I'd said to myself, if my daddy dies, I'll never preach another message. I'll never walk back in a pulpit. I'll resign the church. I'll never open my Bible again. You can condemn me if you want to. But there was a storm of sickness that hit my family. And it seemed that there was a setback. 
And the Lord wasn't stepping in our direction. I got to Fox Hunter's Paradise coming down the parkway. And I had all I could take. And I said, Lord, I don't understand this. But God, you've always done me right. You've always been good to me. You've never failed me before. And Lord, I tell you what, whether daddy lives or whether daddy dies, with your help, Lord, I'll continue serving you. I'll continue worshiping you. I'll continue raising my family in the house of God. I'll continue taking my Bible and walking to a pulpit and preaching your word. Lord, I'll do whatever it is, whether he lives or whether he dies. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't get resaved. I didn't get another anointing. But that day on that parkway, Brother Charlie, it's like you said the other day praying, it's like the Lord just sat down right there in that truck with me. And we rode down that mountain, and I'll never forget standing in that hospital room with my daddy and my mom and that doctor and my daddy looking at me. And he said, boy, you better get a hold of God or I ain't going to make it. I'll never forget kneeling down in the floor of that hospital. A pastor don't have a pastor. I'll never forget kneeling down in that floor with my mom and my daddy and praying for God to touch them, for God to touch Randy, for God to touch Dawn, for God to touch Brother Wade. And can I tell you something? In that day, there was a stepping took place. God started our direction. And God helped us. And God brought us out of that. She said, Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Just keep seeking Him. Just keep sending for Him. You say, Preacher, I don't understand. Martha didn't understand. I'm trying to hush, but Martha didn't understand it either. Martha got mad at God. Martha questioned God. Martha got sassy with God. Read it right there. And you know what he said in verse number 5? You know what he said in verse number 5? Even though he knew how she was going to act, he said, Jesus loved Martha and her sister. Mary was the one that was always humble. But it didn't call Mary by name. It called Martha by name. So God already knows that you're going to get upset at Him sometimes. God already knows there's going to be times that we're going to get angry at Him and we're not going to understand things. But guess what? He still loves us. He still cares. said He loved Martha. said He loved Martha. I want to tell you something this morning. You may be questioning God. You may not be understanding why things is the way that it is. You just keep seeking Him and understand this. His sorrow goes out to you. He weeps with you. He cries with you. He knows how you feel. And even though there's times we don't understand Him and may even get angry, He still loves us. That may not help nobody, but boy... It helps me because I know how bad I am. And I know the thoughts that go through my mind. And I know how many times I fail God and I question God. But God still loves me. He still loves me.